Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, Ioni. Hi, Olivia, and hello to the listeners, and especially hello to T. Fawn R., who's left us a gorgeous five-star review, which I will read out in a minute. But for now, welcome to the Polyester Podcast. I'm Ioni, and I'm the founding editor-in-chief of Polyester Online, Imprint, and everywhere else. And I'm Olivia, the co-host, producer, and editor of the podcast. We publish weekly episodes with Sleepover and The Obsessions. This week, it is The Obsessions episode, where Olivia and I talk to someone we admire about something they're obsessed with that has nothing to do with how they generate their income and next week it's a sleepover club where only and i have all those gorgeous conversations you'd usually have a sleepover with your girl mates and in between we also have confessions with ioni and gina oh we do indeed so please send us all your gossip secrets and scandal but <laughs> before we get on to today's episode let's read this review impressed and entertained the Sleepover Club episode with Daniel Howell was my first polyester podcast listen, but it definitely won't be my last. As a long-time fan of Dan's work, I think this was my favourite interview of his that I've read slash heard, and I think it had everything to do with the questions you both asked and the rapport you had with him. Very happy that following his link to the interview has brought me to an awesome new podcast. Which is so cute. How bloody lovely. Very, very sweet. Thank you so much for that review. And if you would like to leave us a review we will read it out simple how are you Ioni I'm all right how are you Olivia I'm good I'm happy because my obsession with my eyebrows has come to great fruition because I got them tinted and waxed yesterday for the first time since before lockdown Woo! which lockdown the very first one I know, shocking. Oh my god! But I've just I do t- I can tint them myself, but it's just never the same. But mm. the only picture I had of like because I haven't been to it for a year, I was like, oh, this is when you did them really well. Is me like screaming when we won the Champions League? When I was in <laughs> well, it couldn't get any more on brand, really, could it? No, I don't know what my obsession is this week. I don't have one. Sorry. (laughs) But I am really excited to introduce our guest this week, who is Grace Michelli. You may know her better as Art Baby Girl on the internet. Grace, I'm sure, will be familiar to many polyester community members and listeners as she has been a contributor for a long time. Grace is a New York-based illustrator and her first book has just been released, which is called How to Deal. And today, Grace is talking to us about, well, it's about grey hair, but it's kind of just about ageing, isn't it, Olivia? Yeah, and it's also, it ends, well, sorry, I'll talk about Yeah, don't ruin the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Here it is. 
Hi, Grace. Hi, Grace. Hey. Hi. How are you doing? You know, hanging in there. <laughs> doing pretty good. I'm sure that many of our listeners will be familiar with your work as you've been a polyester contributor for ages. But yeah. if there's anyone that isn't, would you do a short little introduction? Of course. Of course. Yeah. My name is Grace Michelli. I am an illustrator and an author, and I'm based in Brooklyn, New York. Author! Such a fun thing to add to your description of yourself! (laughs) So, today we're going to talk about your new grey hairs, right? Yeah, so they're not that new, but letting them grow out is a new thing. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I think my obsession with them is definitely kind of a product of being quite bored this past year yeah Um, yeah yeah classic (laughs) but yeah I mean I have been going gray for I don't know probably like six years now I'm I'm 32 now so hey same age we're the same age that never happens I mean of course (laughs) it happens never in this moment no one else is 32 in the world (laughs) um and yeah, I think this obviously this past year, you know, I've been seen a lot less, right? It's like I'm I'm indoors, so I'm not thinking about how I'm perceived as much as I may have been in the past. So I think that definitely has played into my acceptance of my gray hairs. Even a few years before that, you know, I moved to like a quieter neighborhood in Brooklyn. I don't go out and party. I don't go to, you know, bars or clubs or anything like that anymore. So there's definitely been this gradual shift towards that. And I think for me, how I've understood, you know, like becoming 30 is this transition from being a old, older, young person to now like a younger, old person, Mm, if if that makes sense, which you know, I was really scared to to go through that, but I've been surprised by how I've been able to let myself accept that, I guess. Yeah, I was thinking about this before we started talking, because obviously, like, your kind of like, come up or whatever you want to call it, introduction to the art world was like during a time during like the Tumblr time. And like, that was very much a time that was like obsessed with youth and the youth of the artists that were involved in that scene or whatever. So do you think that like, how did that come into play with your own thoughts about aging? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a bit of an identity crisis. um, Because exactly so much of my identity when it came to an artist or a person online was about being a younger artist was about, you know, like not being in charge, like not thinking I had much power or anything like that. And plus my work is very colorful, which, you know, is often assumed to be like young, playful, etc. Which, yeah, I've definitely thought about that. Like what, like why is that? Is that because I am like trying to desperately hold on to something? Am I like <laughs> clinging to the past, trying to be comforted by, you know, the idea of being younger? Because as a young person, of course, all I wanted to do was to 
grow up, move out of the suburbs, like live in a city, finally have an exciting life where I felt in control. But then to have that transition actually play out has, yeah, definitely been interesting and definitely something I I think about. And, you know, I, I joke about it, but my... Instagram handle is art baby girl. And it's like, (laughs) it's starting to get kind of funny at this point. Like, I'm sure many people would roll their eyes at me calling myself like a a young old person. But, you know, exactly in a culture that's so obsessed with youth, it it can feel that way sometimes. Also, I feel like baby girl has a different meaning, right? Like, sure. It's like, it's a term of endearment, for sure. (laughs) But still right like I, yeah, 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 yeah. something I'm definitely uh I try to not let myself think about it too much or be too self-conscious on it but not to make this whole thing about turning 30 but everyone <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my old housemate was like oh I kind of watched you do the turn 30 thing and I watched someone else in work do the turn th- and I was like the turn 30 thing and he's like yeah everyone freaks out before they turn 30 and I just like so you you do the turning 30 thing and then you turn 30 and the thing becomes like oh it's really nice to just chill out about everything like I don't believe that because it's like a a monumental thing every 10 years or something you should go through this big change so I almost think like we thrust the different thought process on ourselves but I I do think the turning 30 for me and like most of my friends was just kind of accepting yourself loads more like caring well less about what other people think and just like and and every every year on 30 that I get I'm like yeah I, it's better it's, it's like almost such a non-thing because it becomes so chill that you barely even think about it exactly exactly like I was so consumed with thinking about aging before that and now that's definitely shifted but I think speaking to that when you know these past few years before I stopped letting my gray hair grow out. I, I I had that, I was aware that that's something I should do. Like, okay, you can relax now. You can accept yourself. But, you know, I wasn't really doing that, which I think is often how these changes happen, right? It's like, you're aware of them. You're like, oh, maybe I could stop caring about this. I could stop like spending money at the hair salon every like four weeks when I cannot afford it. Mm. Or I can just, right, just be like, hey, aging is a privilege. You know, it's weird to think about your mortality and kind of like face that. But, you know, what's the what's the other choice? (laughs) Why do you think that there is still like so much, I suppose, like stigma feels like a strong word, but stigma around having gray hair. Like I remember... I don't know if these adverts ran in the States, but over lockdown, there was like one here for maybe like Garnier or something. I don't know. And it was Eva Longoria, mm. obviously like at home in inverted commas, because I'm sure she still was not at home. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and being like, oh my God, obviously I haven't dyed my hair in ages. And then showing her like roots and she had like five inches of thick gray and then her being like I thought I was ready for it but I'm not and then suddenly she was just like back to the lovely honey brunette so it is still such a thing even though obviously like I mean with varying degrees of success we have tried to break down other appearance-based stigmas yeah I mean you know it's hard because it's like I 
I do understand that so many people find it like very empowering to, you know, have control over their appearance and to transform their appearance, including hair. Like that's of course, right? Like I would mm-hmm. never I would never say like you shouldn't do that. But um I mean yeah, I, I for me it comes back to like the the youth thing. Like that's um that's at least for me and I think for so, you know, I mean there's how many countless products on the market for uh slowing down that process at least like, you know, on the surface. Right, and like how normalized over the last 10, 15, 20 years more than ever just like bringing that process forward more and more so it's like get botox in your mid to late 20s start like doing these things so then you're you're in better like aging shape when you do actually start to age properly I mean I'm interested in what you said as well about like feeling when you're younger that you weren't someone in the art world that had much power do you think that like that has shifted with age or how do you feel about all of that now I mean I think now looking back, I'm much more aware that like I did have a lot of power, you know, I, I, right. I did, right. Like I had, I definitely did. Like I had parents I could have moved home with if things didn't work out. There's so many ways I did have a lot of power that looking back now, I'm, you know, like, oh, okay, that, that wasn't really true. But um, I think just more so back then it was, you know, like, not being in that traditional fine art world. But yeah, of of course, like I, you know, I now am a full-time freelance, you know, artist. So of course it does not mean I still don't, you know, have anxiety about like the stability of that or the financial aspect of that. But Mm -hmm. right, I'm not, you know, working like four jobs and yeah. making art art all the time now. So like that's definitely something that's shifted. But you know, and, and another thing I, I think about too is that over the past few years I've shifted my career from not being so like front facing. Mm. Like I'm not, you know, speaking as much or uh just like posting pictures of myself online. Like that's not really part of my online persona anymore and mm. and I do think about that like what what that means if I'm like hiding behind my art if I'm less comfortable because I'm older or uh yeah just kind of like how that plays out and it's not something I was so aware of until now when I'm you know maybe in this more promotional mode with work where like there is the kind of pressure to do that and be like hey I'm a person we spoke about this before, Olivia. Do you remember? Like, I can't remember who it was with, or if it was just with us, or if it was even in the podcast, or, or if it even happened, <laughs> or if it even happened. But about how, like, our kind of generation went through like this moment of oversharing for no reason, like Tumblr, for example. Like, there wasn't really like a capitalist agenda with Tumblr. Obviously, it laid the seeds for like a lot of things, but. It wasn't monetizing in and of itself, which I think is a important distinction. Then to Instagram, in which it was like monetizing, but also your personality. So kind of both. And now we've retreat, a lot of us have retreated back into like only, only work posting. But then where does that leave us with like 
kind of being ourselves on the internet because obviously it is all ourselves but it's not at the same time like the internet's not for me like conducive to a space that's like perhaps uh like a social space yeah it, it was on the journal in episodes i think where we were talking about how like oh yeah it was we're, we're the generation where like your personal progression became very public and it's like managing your expectations around it but even just on that and i'm interested in what you think grace and how like um as you do get older because i would say i'm similar like i wouldn't want to post much about myself at all like i'd much prefer to post just other stuff like things that I find nice like making it less about me because I think that as I've gotten older I've like appreciated spending less time thinking about myself especially whilst when you were like I've been thinking about my gray hair I'm like I've been thinking about the hairs on my eyebrows for so long in this lockdown but but basically how like we we see that as like a natural good progression and not that we're like buying into capitalism that like older women should just disappear do you know what I mean yeah, no, it, exactly. And that's and that's why it's like, and maybe both things can be true, right? Yeah. Like, to, like the, they don't have to cancel each other out. But right, because part of me is like, oh, maybe I just have become confident to the point where I don't use the internet, which is social media. I don't use social media for all of my external validation anymore you know Mm. or like all my validation anymore like now I can just right work on building the relationships with people in in my life outside of that um hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. But yeah, I don't I don't know. And, and also for me, like... While I'm my face is less online, my work has become more personal, sort of. Like I am in my work more. Mm. Yeah. And to me, that feels like a safer compromise, maybe, yeah. to, to do that. But yeah, it's, you know, I, I definitely I am nostalgic for how we all used to be online, even though, you know, sure, looking back. You know, maybe it wasn't like 
I don't know, the healthiest. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I try, I try not to like place too much, you know, judgment on that, mm. but it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely something I think about like, right. Like by taking up less space online, like why am I doing that? Who is that for? Mm. It's just like even bearing that in mind, isn't it? That like you forget that people post because they like, they also probably do need validation and maybe don't have those relationships in their personal lives. But if you are just seeing loads of posts online of like conventionally like attractive, like able-bodied people, it's you kind of forget that anyone else has any insecurity and you just, the internet becomes like a very like slim, privileged, cis, able-bodied, like white space. And you're like, hmm. I think it's true. Like, because I think if you kind of like looked at a lot of the way we talk about beauty and the way that we talk about aging, for example, but anything really, like it could be fatness, it could be whatever. Like we would think that or hope that a lot of people would be in a better place or could at least see through what beauty standards are and like acknowledge them and accept them for who they are. But I've been thinking about this recently and I do actually think it's more complicated than ever in a way and like not to be the basic like filters are making people feel weird about themselves but just the fact that (laughs) these things are like so normalized like in these things like I don't think there's a problem with like you know individuals that are just people on the internet like necessarily face tuning themselves or using one of those mad filters but like I used what I I get them like in my tray on Instagram stories now and I don't even ask for them so if I'm like super bored and I'm like, oh, Playboy Bunny one, then I'm like, oh my God, I have a whole new nose and now I want that nose. Like, I feel like that is really, really bad. Yeah. And it, it's going to fuck up the way we think about ourselves, especially in quarantine, like how you're saying about being perceived less. So the only way we could be perceived was through the internet. I feel that like, even though you, for me personally, I felt like there was less pressure of being perceived but more personal pressure of how I perceive myself and like almost this pressure of trying to figure that out. Like, well, then who am I? Like, what do I want to look like? Like weird stuff like that. So how was that process for you, Grace? No, exactly. Like the, like really looking at, looking in the mirror, you know, like whatever, metaphorically speaking is like, we could not avoid it this Mm. last year. Yeah. Like there, you know, there was so many less things to distract ourselves with. And, you know, like, of course it was, you know, there was so much like tragedy and like, it was a terrifying year in so many ways, but I think most of us had no choice but to like, yeah, go inward with that stuff. And I, right. It's, but it's that thing where I'm, you know, I thought maybe I was finally accepting myself more but you know and in some ways in some ways I think I was but in other ways there was just more of an anxiety like a growing anxiety about all Mm. of it for sure because right we're just like online way more like I was someone who's always been online a lot but this last year like so much more and I think it brought to the surface like things that I maybe thought I had accepted about myself or like made peace with that maybe I didn't. (laughs) Well, one thing on the whole thing is that like the thing that you think straight away, like the biggest associated word with aging is anti-aging. 
it's like so toxic that we just literally are constantly like anti-aging anti-aging when like personally if you're like in a good place when you do go through these like monumentous aging steps or whatever obviously again I'm with you Grace I'm sure there's loads of people who see us in our 30 being 32 and are like you're babies you're literally babies which sometimes yeah I do absolutely feel like a baby (laughs) it's um when you're in the good frame of mind aging is great like I said to my friend the other day I was like whenever I hear a story about anyone who's in their 30s I'm like legend must be great and it can be (laughs) even like an article about like man in his 30s arrested for drink driving and I'm like probably a great guy like and I'm like no no hang on but just because they're in their 30s I'm so used to for me aging has been like the best thing for me I only but I'm like actually when I think about aging and what it's actually done for me it's great but when I'm outside myself and I'm like you know maybe because of the lockdown I'm like I don't know if I could wear like a really short skirt anymore like I'm 32 now and then I'm like fuck of course I can still wear a really fucking short skirt like it's mad how like actually emotionally aging has like really benefited me but then all this other shit comes into it and you're like do, do I still engage with glitter? It's not like <laughs> something that I still is a thing that I, you know what I mean? Totally. Yes. Right. Like when you're alone just with yourself, it's great. But then when you have to actually interact with the rest <laughs> of the world, which unfortunately, you know, we have to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like all this, you know, everyone else's right opinions and projections and judgments like get swirled and kind of mixed in with your own and it's yeah right it's like when you spend your whole life internalizing everything it takes so long to actually release it and you know I think a lot of us might never do that yeah I also think it's so interesting that like a lot of the hashtag discourse online especially over the past year but bubbling for a while is like about as you're saying Olivia kind of like about this emotional growth so how we can like grow or age as like people in our brains and have like more emotionally mature relationships or emotionally mature friendships emotionally mature reactions to work but that conversation has managed to exist without actually talking about getting older in a physical sense like Mm. it's more like 19 year olds need to be grown but we're all still terrified of being yeah like the 30 year olds the late 20s the whatever like the same person that would be like you know toxic friendships how to emotionally grow in five steps would probably be like oh my god 26 I should be retired (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean (laughs) definitely definitely and that's something that you know I'm always realizing that you know it really is time and experience that that teaches you these things and right like you can read something in a book but until you actually have to go through it and deal with it it's like I don't know it can just kind of be all talk I think it's so good what you're saying at the beginning as well about how like you've kind of known about like you you know your hair for the last couple of years or like a knowledge that it's something you need to move forward with but also like thinking on that line about growing into your creative career or whatever like how you're saying you're not working other jobs anymore because I was kind of thinking about that today and like how things somehow have felt easier in general for like polyester for myself for the last six months and how when you like start embarking on a creative career you think like you know one day I'm gonna have that moment where I like throw in the towel at wherever I am 
suddenly I'll be like sitting on all this money that I do straight away from being a freelance artist. I'm going to have these shows and this thing and that. And like, it was weird to me today just being like, oh, oh, wait, that doesn't actually happen. Just one day you kind of figure out that you're not constantly running on a treadmill anymore and like wondering when life's going to catch up to you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, it's 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 weird and it's def- it's something I something I want to work on more is, you know, reflecting on that and being like, yeah, like that's a really nice thing of aging is being able to slow down a little bit. Mm. Yeah. And just care less about so much stuff, don't you? Definitely. And I I also was just thinking on that like how we have this like perceived idea of what like a 30-year-old looks like or whatever and it's potentially a lot of it is like learn from not knowing or seeing people fully and but also just like we're like cynical or we like investigate that we're like it really wasn't great that our parents didn't share with us like the honesties of like difficulties and the realities of life but we haven't been able still to let go that when we get to that age we'll be also as emotionally like we know it's not sound to do that, but we assume that when we get to that age, we'll be as like emotionally reserved or stunted as well in like a good way. It's like we haven't seen the correlation between emotionally closed parents and not being emotionally closed now as like and not you know, the whole like having it together thing is basically the the reality of that is like being emotionally in denial of how you actually feel. <laughs> totally, totally. It's been great for me because normally everyone we interview is Ioni. As soon as you said you were 32, I was like, yes, I'm gonna make this about us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that far behind. As I am, um, as I don't know, this is a good finishing question. But you're finding that your grey hairs are like a particular, are like different, like a different texture. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I already have like curly, kind of coarse hair, but they have a lot more. They're a lot more just like straight up in the air. <laughs> yeah. But no, I'm like so excited. I'm starting to kind of get streaks of them. Oh yeah. Yes. So uh, I like post about them on my Instagram stories. Like you know, that's the only photo the only photos I post of myself these days are like of my hair I think it's really exciting I don't know <laughs> Again, maybe it's just like the boredom of this past year but <laughs> yeah. I'm, but it's know. something isn't it uh, yeah it's you know a, a free like uh slow like trip to the salon right it's like a, a free hair hair yeah. color, hair transition I don't know oh my god it's like the post breakup glow up but this is your like post pandemic glow yeah. up <laughs> yeah 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 it's also just like it can be a different thing in any way for challenging like a beauty standard you know I agree that like you you come to it like my hair this is like um, well it is about hair so it's slightly related but my hair grew really really long before lockdown I don't know why or how it happened but it was just like the longest it's ever been and I loved it and then the other day I was just like nah I'm just gonna take loads off the end just like housemate get some scissors out and it's like letting go that like really long hair is great because eventually it just got like flat to my head it wasn't didn't have any life or volume and I was like you know it doesn't make me more attractive because my hair's down my back like I'd, I'd <laughs> It's just like, Excuse let me, it go, I'm being babe. personally victimized <laughs> by this conversation. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, I think, and I think that's what can be fun about it is that like, you know, I think hair is mostly like a low stakes, you know, thing in terms of, of beauty, at least, you know, as like a white woman, my hair, there's like not much 
I don't know, value tied to it. And already when I was younger, you know, I shaved my head in college. Like I've, I've gone through kind of those more like traditional hair changes. So I don't know. It's, it's just like a little, a little thing to let myself right, like obsess about. So what I was going to say before was what isn't included in the interview, she kind of ends, as we've just heard, by being like, oh, it's just something to obsess over. And in the interview, I, I remember after we recorded saying that I bought some like eyebrow growth gel at some point. I don't know if you remember on like Beauty Bay or something. Yeah. Yeah, sponsor was Beauty Bay. That'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> and I was, you were just like, your eyebrows are massive anyway. And I was like, yeah, but I like, you know, I just need to obsess over something and I'm going to have to just watch them grow now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have nothing better to do, do we? Well, maybe a bit more now, but barely. But yeah, really enjoyed that. Love, Grace. You should definitely get a copy of her book because it's bloody incredible. And yeah, another Obsessions episode. Yeah, and what a lovely obsession. Just us ultimately being like, I just got obsessed. Yeah, cute. The purest form of obsession. (laughs) Don't know what else to say. Um, So we've got Confessions on Thursday. We do have confessions on Thursday and then we have a sleepover club next week. Fabulous. We will see, well, we won't see you soon because we actually never see you, sorry. But we will speak to you soon, kind of. In a lovely roundabout way. Yeah. Thanks, Ioni. Thanks, Olivia. And thank you to Gina, Gina and Carlin, Charlotte, Eden, Hattie and Jacob, Jacob and Clarissa. Wow, we're getting so many double-named people in in the team now. Anyway, we will see you next week. Bye. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.